This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. If the name Massey Block rings a bell to you, you are in for a treat because today we've got Claire Lyons on the pod. Ellen Marlowe is the actress that played Claire in the Click movie from 2008, which is now a niche cult classic. And I got to ask her about filming the movie, what it was like on set, that egg scene, and so much more. Most people don't know Ellen is also a Broadway star, so we get into that too. And of course, now that everyone has seen Barbie, we share our honest thoughts about the movie of the summer. Let's go. Welcome back to Harry Tales. Today is one of the most special episodes of the podcast because if you know anything about me, you know that I grew up reading all of the young adult novels in Barnes and Noble, but the most important young adult novels that I read growing up were the click books. And today I have sitting next to me Ellen Marlowe, who brought to life the character of Claire Lyons from the click books. If you guys don't know, what the clickbooks are about basically for upper middle class upper class yeah girls from westchester new york are going to seventh grade they're in a click called the pretty committee led by their ringleader massey block everything is fine and dandy they're ruining lives at the local middle school octavian country day is OCD. it ocd <laughs> Until one day, Claire Lyons arrives with her family from Florida and starts living with Massey Block's family in their guest house. And it's, I mean, I feel like most people listening are not going to need that introduction, but just in case, like, my brother is listening and he wants to know what it's about, that's <laughs> that's the context for you. Ellen, hello. Thank Hi. you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. It feels very surreal to be here Um in studio for one of my favorite podcasts. It feels very surreal to be sitting next to Claire Lyons, the <laughs> one and only. I just want to say you have the most distinct voice. Has anybody ever told you that? Yes, they have. And what's interesting is I don't get recognized from the click often based off of look, but I do get recognized by my voice. Yeah. like So people will say like, I, I know you, your voice is so familiar to me. Like people will say that to me often, which is interesting. It's interesting, but it's so fun because <laughs> it's such a good voice too. It's not Thank like you. a bad voice, yeah, Okay. which it would be, it would be sad if it was a bad voice and that's how people knew you, but it is just such a good voice and it you know it's the voice of a generation <laughs> truly thank you i like anyone else whenever i listen back to myself on anything i'm like i hate the sound of my own voice of course yeah do you ever feel yeah, that of way? course yeah i mean i'm you know 
right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's a little stressful to listen to yourself. Like it's like, is that really what I sound like all the time? How did I have any friends? There's only there's only a handful of people whose voice I really can't listen to like mm-hmm. on a podcast or something. I've only had to turn off a podcast like once or twice mm-hmm. based on like, okay, I just can't listen to this person. This person's irritating me. Yeah. And it, I think both times it was like an accent thing. Like I was trying to listen to this podcast, this crime podcast, and uh-huh. it was like this like Scottish woman. Oh God. And I was just like, I can't do it. It's a gnarly accent. It, yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Anyway, let's, um, I, I mean, I obviously have a million questions for you and we're going to get into the Click movie, but let's go back to the Click books. Do you, I, I mean, did you read the Click books before the movie? Yes, I read all of them. I was obsessed. So were all of my friends. Okay, so it was like a weird thing. Don't it was kind of like Twilight. Like everyone was kind of reading them. Yeah. It was like you would look around the classroom during free period and everyone had a plaid book. A plaid book. The plaid cover is yes, iconic. So, I'm, I'm yeah. wearing plaid today. In and, honor. Yes. Love it. It's, I'm yeah, giving succession core. This is probably closest to um maybe the third book, Sealed with a Dis. Is that the third book? I think it goes. The click, and then it goes best friends for never. Yeah, sealed with a disc is like the pink and green cover. Yeah, this is sounding right. Did you do you have any lore or info about the girls on the cover of the books? Like, do you know, know anything about that? I know nothing about that. I'll ask Lisey, um, the author of the books. I'll, we're very close, and I'll ask her. I I don't know the origin story of who are they? I don't know, but I think that would be a a great deep dive episode. Well, that's how I was introduced to you because you posted that tweet about how the click girls would annihilate the gossip girl girl. And that's so people were sending me that. And that's how I started following you. No way. And Lisey started following you. And then we started sending each other like all of your stuff on Instagram. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, it all comes back to those girls on the cover. Wow. (laughs) And well, and because those girls on the cover really like are burned into my memory. Like we were sponges. We were in middle school, you know, we hadn't read that much. We hadn't seen that much. So like. Those those early covers, the books that you read mm-hmm. in middle school really stick with you. They do. And uh, I just remember the the girl on the second cover. Oh, my God. She's like in the little cami and she's like she's killed someone before. Yeah. Yeah. She's out for blood. Yeah. Which like is how you're supposed to feel. OK, like, so you know? absolutely. Like you're you're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to be scared shitless. of these seventh graders. Yeah. Yeah. And I was. I was too. I was like, I would not want Massey's wrath anywhere no. around me. I know. The only way would be to be friends with Massey. Right. Or be Massey. Or be Massey. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> so you read the books. You loved mm-hmm. them. Everybody did. It was a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. How did the movie come about? Because I feel like I remember how I remember the Click books becoming a movie. I had an iPod touch. It was like the first time that there yeah. were like iPod touches. And I remember... Yeah being able to browse the internet on an iPod touch. Oh and I was like, on the Click website, there was a Click website that would post updates. And I think there was something about like, this is going to be a movie. Well, did you know about the contest? No. Okay, so the movie, the movie, it, it came to, it came across my desk because I was a child actor. I was living in LA and I was auditioning and doing that whole thing. And I knew that the movie was happening. Like there was buzz around town that the Click movie was being made. And so every girl from age like 12 to 15 was like out for blood trying to get in that movie. It was 
crazy. Um, so much so the casting director, Harriet Greenspan, held like an intensive, like a casting director workshop. And it's basically like you pay like $500 to get in front of an important casting director. It's a, it, it's a Scam. thing people do. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like. But totally real. It kind of works. Well, I sometimes. did John Robert Powers. Stop. Do you know? Do you, just, Stop. Do you know John Robert Powers? Of course. Honey, I went to Las Vegas with John Robert Powers. Like, and I did not get any call. Like, I didn't get any callbacks. Like, me and my mom got back on the plane to Chicago, like. Okay. That's like a memory unlocked. I think I went to Vegas, tried to do John, John Robert Powers, like did a monologue about kissing a girl. Um, somebody called me gay and then we went home. Yeah. And there's early, that. Yeah, early memories. Okay, so back. Robert Powers, wow. No, so so I was auditioning and I, my manager at the time, I was like, I have to go in for this movie. But it was, oh, casting director, scam, rewind. Casting director scam. So the casting director, Harriet Greenspan, had a workshop and I went because I was like desperate to be in this movie. Yeah. Like I would have done anything. Yeah. And so I was like, mom, we got to like, we got to go. Did you want to be Claire or did you think that you could, were you like ready to box I, die and like. I wanted to be in it no matter, like I didn't care. I would have been like in the background, honestly, got but it. I knew like realistically based off of my type and physical appearance and all of that, that I was probably the most suited for Claire. And so I went to this intensive and it was like 40, 13 year old girls, like no boys, no, like it was, and it was all girls just trying to get in front of this woman for the click movie. And we did click sides and like, that's the audition material, all of that kind of stuff. But then originally the way that they cast it, which was so interesting, they saw everyone read Massey, including me. So I, my first audition for the movie was for Massey. And so were all the other girls. So they started with that and then they started to call people back for different parts. But like the initial first audition, first round, everyone read the Massey part, which is unusual. And this was the casting intensive. Yeah. No, that this is the audition process. Oh, okay. Like so... I read Massey in the audition process okay. at, for the first round, as did all the other girls. Um, and then I got called back for Claire. And then the audition process went on for like seven months. <laughs> And so you're going to school or... Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I was going like to going to public school. Yeah. Okay, cool. And would you be at lunch with your friends being like, I'm auditioning for the Click movie, like, fingers crossed? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were. Because my girlfriends, like, we were all reading them and we were obsessed and they were so excited that I was even, like, auditioning for it, basically. Um, but it was, it was kind of a painful and ongoing process. So it wasn't like... I don't know, like when you're just like sitting around waiting for the phone to ring, like it's not a good feeling. And it was months of that. I had nine callbacks. It went on forever. So did they make a bunch of little pretty committees? Yeah. So that was why it took so long. And Sophie, who is the redhead who plays Dylan, and I were talking about it the other day. Um, we like we were saying, like, I remember just sitting in that waiting room for hours. Like we would be at these casting sessions for like four or five hours and they would be mixing and matching like different girls. So I would read with Elizabeth and then they would swap out Elizabeth and bring in another girl for Massey. And then bring like, so they were just like swapping us all around and looking at us in a line for our height to see if like we were all the same height, basically. It was madness. It went on for, for far too long. And, and I had 40 pages of material that I had to do. It was like, and I was 13. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so how did you get the part? Um, do you remember where you were? Yeah, I do. It was, I mean, I was at my apartment in LA, but it was, it was going on and on and on and on to the point where like after we knew that it was the final one because Miss Tyra Banks was in our final callback. No. Yes. Yes. What was that like? So scary. 
Because you're at home watching America's Next Top Model. All you of a sudden it. you walk in yes. and Tyra Banks is there. And yes. is she as and like... And she's 6'1 and yeah. like Glamazon. Barbie. Like, life size. Yeah. It's a star wherever yeah. she goes. Um, so yeah, it was it was crazy. But we got warned like, you know, Tyra is going to be in the room. So just be prepared. And so I knew after that one, like I'll know in the next couple days. Like, And yeah. also we had production start dates. And it's like, we got to find out. Like this thing's going to start shooting. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I got the call and I got the part and it was so wild because we, the girls and I have talked about this so many times, like by the time we got to filming the movie, it was like, we all knew each other so well because we had been in these sessions for months Yeah, and like sitting in the waiting room and like talking about school and talking about boys yeah. and th- whatever. Becoming and so, a real click. Yeah. And so we, I think like starting day one, we had this like innate chemistry that was built in that audition process. So it all ended up working out, I think, honestly. And where did it film? Rhode Island. It filmed in Rhode Island. Random. You don't say random. <laughs> how long say. did how long did you have to live there? Uh, it was like seven week shoot. Seven weeks. And was the movie... Dead of winter, my God. Was the movie supposed to be like... Because I can't remember if there was a theatrical release. Initially, that's what we were told was that it was going to be a theatrical release, but then they changed. I don't know. There's a lot that like I don't distributors know. distributors and whatever. Well, it's 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 all like very complicated and just like TV, you know, yeah. TV and film like bullshit. But there's a production company called Alloy who's amazing who also produces. They buy the rights to these books mm-hmm. and then make shows and movies and whatever. So they did Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, Vampire Diaries. Huge. All of that stuff. Like yeah. they... They know what they're doing. Yeah. And um, but they own the IP. So like they're a part of the Gossip Girl reboot that was just on Max and all that kind of stuff. So they but they also work with Warner Brothers. So it was through Warner Brothers. I don't know. I don't know how like the distribution and all of that. um, I don't know how any of that works. Did you guys have a premiere for the cast? No, we had a book signing. We are and like a DVD signing. So Elizabeth, who played Massey, myself and Lisey Harrison went to like a bookstore at like a Barnes and Noble somewhere and did um, like signed books and signed DVDs and stuff. And there were like a lot of girls there. There of were a lot of course. people. Yeah. It, was, it was like our big moment. You yeah. know? It was so fun. But um, we didn't have a premiere or anything. We had um, but we did have a screening like on the Warner Brothers lot with like we got to see it all together. We felt so glamorous. That is <laughs> so much fun. It oh was. my god. It was so fun. We had the best time. Okay, so what was the best scene to film? My favorite was probably my makeover montage. Okay. Day was really fun. Okay. Because I was dressed like a troll the entire movie. And it was like the one time that I got to actually look cute. And it was like real stuff. It was like Dolce & Gabbana and like, it was like real stuff that we were wearing the whole movie. What was that like being like kind of the geeky girl? Like, did you, was, did you ever wish that you were like, oh my God, did you want to be messy? No, I like had a moment when they filmed the slow-mo, they filmed the slow-mo walking, down, walking down the hall down, yeah. and in there's like sickening looks. I was like. I could cry. And you're just sitting like on the lot, like doing your homework with your in tutor. overalls, yeah. like in kids and overalls. And they're in like, you know, Versace <laughs> walking down the hall. I'm like, I want to cry. Was there any of that dynamic on set? Like, were you ever like ostracized or no. like were, oh you gosh, guys were no. friends? No, we all got along so well. It was like, honestly, a dream experience. We had the best time. We had sleepovers every Friday to like honor the books. So every Friday night, like we would wrap and go back to the hotel. We like took over this hotel truly 
um, and the, the whole Rhode crew, Island Hotel, the um, residence in in Newport. I'm gagged. It was so fun, and we like TP'd our director's hotel room one day. Like we were doing all shenanigans. Sorts of shenanigans. Yeah, we were in seventh grade. Yeah. Like it was so so much fun but then it was also hard because we were doing school all of us mm -hmm. and elizabeth and i were in so much of the movie that saturday we would have to bank school hours so so, so we would have like just six sit. hours of school in a conference room at the hotel Ugh. it was so bleak and and when child stars do school mm -hmm. is it like is it kind of like lenient or are you guys actually like banging through stuff with like a teacher that's like do it now i mean and so it can only be so strict when, I mean, I, it's, it's bullshit. The okay. whole, I mean, the yeah, stuff, yeah. it is like, especially in that. Can scenario. you do long division? <laughs> no, of course not. I can hardly read. No, I'm joking. I can read. I get, but I certainly cannot do math. Okay. No. Yeah. Neither can I. Absolutely not. Not yeah. even a little bit. Never have been. Never will. Um, but no, we were doing like the only way that school time would count would be in 20 minute increments okay so but then of course they're like okay we're turning the cameras around run them to school to get as much like as many minutes in as possible and so then they're like sitting there watching the clock they're like we're losing light outside like gotta go and they're like okay 19 minutes 20 minutes run and then we're like running back to the set it was pandemonium and so you would run back to set and they would call action and you yeah. would do a scene and then you run back to school and you're expected to like write a book report yeah that is insane it's, to me. I would need, I need so much time to get ready and be like, get into the zone. If I was yeah. doing long division and then I had to do a scene from the click. I know. Three minutes after. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. And when I, I worked on Broadway as a child and my mom actually made a really smart call when I was in previews and rehearsal, she was just like, no school right now. No school. So we no school. no school, but it was so smart because the show we were in previews and doing all this stuff in the spring. So I took the spring off from school. And then once the show was up and running, I went into I did school all summer. So I just made it. I just made it up. Yeah. In yeah. Like you the just did unconventional your own. Yes. Months. Yeah. But it, was, it made sense for me at the time. That was such a good call on my mom's part. I'm like, thank God for you, because there was no way. So you have your GED. Yes, <laughs> I do. I, I love the legal my, yeah, my GED. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. OK, so uh, the egg scene where Massey throws an egg at you in of the course. kitchen. Tell me about that. <laughs> um, I dare say it was our second day of shooting. Was no. Like very, yeah, it was very early in the shoot. Um, I was very nervous but excited because it, it kind of felt like doing like a stunt or something. Of I, you know, I felt a little hardcore for like taking eggs to the face. Um, but we did it. Oh my god! I mean, we must have done it like over a dozen times. Over a dozen eggs. <laughs> it was like a full carton, straight up. And um, the director is the one that threw it. And it's so he was behind the camera on the other side and like pitching. And so we had to do practice rounds. You know, he did it with like a tennis ball or something or like a small like squishy ball first to test it. Yeah, I know that this is so logistical, but I really need the nitty gritty. You need do, to you, do you have to change a costume every single time? So like, do they have 19 of those shirts? They hanging? had they had multiple. Yeah, they did have multiple. But sometimes I mean, sometimes there's actually a blooper on the blooper reel. Like it literally hits my boob and just goes straight down like boop boop so it didn't even crack like some of them didn't even crack some of them went past my head some of them went like it wasn't and then we got the shot and um, are you guys just laughing your asses off afterwards yeah but it well i was kind of shaken honestly because like it kind of like the shell kind of cut my chin 
You're a survivor. I'm a little bit of a survivor, yeah. I mean, I think that scene for a lot of people was like their first dose of secondhand trauma. Yeah. I just remember... I, I remember watching that movie over and over and over again. I had it on DVD, obviously. Oh and getting to that part was like, here yeah. we go, here we go. Like, yeah. everybody brace yourselves. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, and then I had to be emotional, like running away. Like I had to like, you know, look. So it was like, it's hard to just snap out of that yeah. and like start laughing. I'm like, wait, this actually, this actually sucks. Like I'm covered in egg. Yeah. Like I, I, I am going to cry actually. That kind of hurt. And so that scene, the emotional scene right after is like filmed right after. <laughs> totally different oh, okay. day. Okay. Totally different day. Of okay, course. Cool. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Of course. I, that's great. The way that movies are filmed, I, I would need to be in a movie myself in order to yeah. fully understand. I think anybody would. If yeah. they haven't been in a movie, you don't understand that it's filmed out of order right all over the place you're filming the crazy end of the movie fight scene on the second day of shooting right right you guys need oscars <laughs> truly well what's that <laughs> that's so funny and massey was scary so she, like she was so she was into it you guys really together like well something that was interesting that i think you can it, it, i don't know it translates on it translates on the Am I okay? It translates on the screen is um, my first scene in the movie when we pull up to the house and I'm looking and all of that. That was actually day one. That was my that was my first scene shooting of the whole movie. It was like my actual first scene. So I think my excitement is very genuine. It is. It's iconic. <laughs> because I was just like, I'm on a movie set. I, it was so exciting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, I'm really like. And after all of that too, like the process was just so long that just to like finally be there and be doing it was like, felt like a dream come true. Truly. I think I remember, I think I remember like knowing that the movie was happening and for a split second or maybe probably all my days at school just daydreaming about like maybe I could be Todd which is Claire's little brother Love. and because he's the only guy right. character unless I played one of the Cam one of the straight guys yeah Cam, Cam or uh, Darrington Darrington in the next books I know so good wow because you steal Massey's boyfriend in the movie a little bit yeah yeah a little bit but todd he was played by dylan minette uh-huh who went on to star in 13 reasons why as the lead yeah and, and so many things Just yeah crazy do you guys keep in touch we do um i haven't seen him in a minute but the funny thing about dylan is that he so obviously he was on 13 reasons why as was like my literal best friend from childhood miles heiser mm -hmm. young goth yes on young goth a lot of people know gay him icon. As young goth, gay icon. Um, he was truly my first kiss at 12. Um, just iconic. You have so many amazing bucket list items that I feel like you just get to check off. Young goth, first kiss. Um, Tyra Banks, him. producer. <laughs> young goth, first kiss. Yeah. Nasty block, egg throw. So we kind of got back in touch because they worked together on that. So I was like, how crazy that you and Dylan are like working together after all. It was so many years later. Yeah. Um, and I actually went and saw his band, The Wallows, here in New York and saw him after. And I still talked to his mom. And He's your little brother. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's adorable. And the funny thing about Dylan was that all of us knew that he was going to be a star. Like everybody. Really? Yes. He has whatever it is. He's got it. Like, he's, what does that mean? Um, He was like nine years old and knew his lines for the entire movie on day one and was like 
a freak prepared and was so funny and natural and charismatic and comedic. I mean, it was like, it was like, who is this little man? Yeah. Like it was really wild. Um, I'd never seen another, and I was a child actor myself, yeah. obviously. And I was like, this kid is like on another level. I mean, just nailing it every time. That's how my mom describes me. Yeah. No, <laughs> no that is, that is so great. And, um, so when the click movie came out and you were in school, what was that like? Well, I wasn't in school when the Click movie came out. I was homeschooling at that time because we thought we were going to make two more movies. No. Yes. No. Yes. Can we get them? How can we greenlight them? So what's really strange is that it's very parallel to what's going on now. There was a writer's strike going on. Oh. So there was a writer's strike in 2008. And so we went into production like while the writer's strike was happening because the movie was already written and done wow. and, and set in motion, which was it actually was to our benefit because our entire crew was amazing. They were all like HBO Showtime, like major. Our cinematographer um, is a multi Emmy award winning and Golden Globe winning cinematographer who did. Um, did you ever watch Parenthood? Oh, and my friend Miles was on Parenthood. Y yeah. It, so he was the cinematographer and like director for Parenthood, which was brilliant. And so we got all of these like heavy hitters from television because they were all out of work because of the strike. And so it's interesting. We had a lot of that going on on set, but we were supposed to make two more. The scripts were never written. And then, of course, the recession as well. So I don't know if like funding, I don't know what happened, but it was just like a perfect storm of just like the next two are not happening. So you were on set filming the click movie and somebody, the producer, they were kind of like, there's going to be two more of these, by the way. We, got, we were contracted for two more. I signed a contract for three movies. All of us did. Yeah, we were supposed to do three. No, no, <laughs> and we course, need a time machine. We need to go back and get I the lost know. two click movies. I know. And we were so excited too, because in the next movies is like when the boys come in. And How, so all of us were like telling the producers were like, we need to be in on the casting. When you're contracted for three click movies, that's mm -hmm. funny. <laughs> Literally. I need to be yeah. behind the table. Yeah. You're like, um, can we, we call Cody Lindley? Oh, we wanted like, we made a whole dream cast and showed it to the producers. We were like, Logan Lerman. <laughs> Like savages. <laughs> Logan Lerman. Yeah, like Cody Lindley, probably all sorts of people like that. It was so unhinged. When you're contracted for three movies and you're 13, mm -hmm. does it say like this will end when you're 16? Or I don't like, remember. Okay. I didn't look at any of that stuff. And so then, then they pull out of their contract and be like, sorry, we're not doing the last two movies. Basically. Okay. Like, or just like That's it's dead and they're not happening, but okay. we have the option to, we were like, we signed up to do three essentially, okay. but then the two others just didn't happen. And did you know filming the first one that you guys were like, Oh my God, there's going to be two more. Of yes. These. We thought we were, we thought we were going to be these like sisters for forever. Ever. Yeah. And even so on the last day, we were so devastated for it to come to an end. I mean, on the last day of filming, we sobbed. Do you guys remember sobbed. what, do you remember what the last scene was? Of course. What was it? The pool. The pool party was the last day of filming. And we got to just play in the pool. That was our last day. Wait, I feel like I remember bloopers of that and yes. everybody like rapping. Yes. Like the special, the special features. Yes. The special features. Remember when DVDs had like the special features menu? I miss we it. don't have that it anymore. It was my favorite thing. I watched all of them. Like on every movie ever. I love the special Yeah, movies. they're the behind best. The scenes, yeah, the behind best. the scenes. Yeah, that's love why it. I'm so obsessed and with the all the reel. logistics. The yeah. gag reel. So fun. Our yeah. blooper reel is really fun. Gagging. It's, it's gagged and bound. Gagged and bound. You Absolutely. love gagged and bound. I love gagged and bound. Oh my God. Okay, 
Do you like being recognized as Claire Lyons? I didn't for a long time. Okay. And now I love it. It took me a sec. It's a cult classic. It it didn't feel like that for a while. <laughs> like in my teen years when I'm like going to high school and I just wanted to be like distanced from it because it was so just like ugh. would people give you shit for it of course and what would they say would they oh, throw people, eggs at you oh no but they were me but of course people were mean because i was like the loser in the movie too so people like talked to me like i was a loser in real life and like yeah people high school was rough people were not nice about it but you know whatever so i just kind of was like i roll i'm over it i don't even want to think about it i don't want to I don't know. I didn't hate being recognized for it by like other by like strangers, but I hated talking about it like in my life for all of my teen years. And then I didn't really start to get recognized for it again heavily until much later, like 2020 when it came out on Netflix. That was a huge resurgence for sure. Yeah. And so what was that like? Did you know it was going to come out on Netflix? No, no. It was so weird. And so I'm just using Netflix like a user, like I always do. Yeah. And there, it just was there on the homepage. And they, I'm like, oh they, my God. They were pushing it for like, especially the girls. I feel like it was like, I mean, maybe my algorithm just knows me, but the right. click movie was the front page of Netflix for me. Oh my God. For sure. Yeah. It, I, it wasn't my front page, but it was like a suggested movie or something. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I watched it on Netflix. Well, I watched it in 2018. Um, for the first time in like years, like in like five or six, like pro honestly, probably like eight or nine years, like a, a long time. I didn't watch it for a really long time because it's like, also who wants to watch themselves in eighth grade? Absolutely. Or yeah. seventh grade. Like it's everyone's worst time. Yeah. Like no one wants to look at themselves during that time. Like I can't. There are so many iconic movies in that. I, there are so many iconic moments in that movie though. So. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you feel that way. And it's, yeah, it's funny. I just, I, the weird thing about the click too, and then the TikTok. Um, I was about to say, you have a TikTok of you showing your friends the click movie for the first time. <laughs> yes. And most of my are, friends had never seen it. They are reacting in the exact way you'd think somebody would react if they were friends with you and you showed them that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's funny stuff. But the TikTok viral thing was so weird too. It just, because the movie was straight to DVD. It was like pre-social media, mm -hmm. really, for the most part. Actually, fun fact, all five of us created our Facebook, our Facebook pages like in the tutoring room together. Like we like made our Facebook account. Canon event. We were like, apparently MySpace is done and this is where the future is headed. Let's make Facebooks. Let's do it. And we added all of our pictures like from filming and stuff, like art photo albums. So wild. Oh, we need to go back and find those. I have them all. They're all hidden, of course. Yeah. Like, I'm like, please, like, <laughs> privacy settings. Um, but yeah, we made our Facebook account. So that was the weird thing about the click is we didn't know the reach that it had. Like, we didn't know anyone ever saw it until recently, honestly, with the... Wait, that's so interesting because you yeah. put it out and it's straight to DVD. So you don't have, like, big numbers. It's not like a big box, box office numbers. No. Wow. We knew nothing. And so it was kind of like this weird thing. Like we were so proud of it and we loved working on it so much. And we had such a positive and fun experience that then it just kind of was like this super anticlimactic yeah. drop because it was like, wait, did anyone watch this movie that we just like worked so hard on for the past year? Yeah. You know, 
So it was a little bit of a bummer, honestly, because it was like we didn't know if anyone ever watched it um, until recently, until like the past couple of years. And people started posting about it on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Did you get a big paycheck for the click movie? It was not enormous. Like for I told my my friends and I were talking about this yesterday. I made more money on a national T-Mobile commercial that was one day of work than I did on the click. And do you get royalties from the Click movie? I do. Tell tell <laughs> me about the royalties. Tell me about the Click royalties. Okay, so the Click royalties are less than the television royalties. Okay. So like I get, I was on like a bunch of crime shows and stuff when I was a teenager, and so I get checks for twenty five cents and things like that all mm -hmm. the time. Um, and then sometimes there'll be, you know, a couple hundred bucks and that's a, that's an exciting day. And why does that happen? Just playing on, you know, AMC late night or whatever. I don't know that it's just residuals from the shows getting from reruns, I guess. Wow. I don't really know how it works. I should probably read up on When that. you get click royalties, does it say for the click? So it breaks down on your SAG stub. It breaks down what it's for, where it was played, where it was played, all of that. So the click I've gotten a few over the years, but the most like, you know, and it's usually like a very underwhelming sum. But when I was like 19, like just before moving to New York, we would get these checks in the mail and my family and I would like play the game of like, guess how much? And, you know, my mom would say one cent and then my brother would say $20 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we would play the game of like, how much? And so I'm like, how much do you think my check is today? And my family's like, I don't know, four cents, whatever. I open it and it was like $15,000, like this crazy. For the click. Yes, out of nowhere. I had no idea that it was coming. I like screamed, obviously, out of the blue, just completely out of the blue. Um, that is some massive blockchain. It was wild, right but I hadn't seen a, like hardly a dime from that movie in like years at that point. Like, but Was it because, well, you said 2019, so it wasn't Netflix. It was, it was like being distributed on like foreign television. So like in Europe or like stuff, I don't know. That's what it said. It said like foreign TV. Please tell me you did something fun with your click royalty oh check. I don't remember what I did. I mean, I moved to New York. Of so course. Yeah, yeah. So then yeah. it was gone yeah. in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably what ended up happening. I didn't do anything fun, but I did. So my savings from working like as a child actor did buy me my first car. Okay, which yeah. is like cute. That yeah, was like a iconic. good. Yeah, that yeah. money that was stashed away did buy my first car. Wow, yeah. Claire Lyons. She, here she is. Fifteen thousand dollars in royalties, it baby. It was so random. Yeah. Like, out of no, and I would usually never like talk about money because I think it's tacky. But that was just so bizarre that, that it's so like I don't even care. jump up and down and freak out for sure. Out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Okay, we are going to keep talking about all things click, all things child actress, C, maybe some American Girl doll stuff after the break. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Harry FM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Harry Tales, recorded live in New York City. Your one-stop shop for everything you saw on TikTok this week. The only radio station. Harry Tales. And we're back, and we're here with Ellen Marlowe. We're talking 
The Click, we're talking Broadway. Ellen, you were on Broadway. Yes. Not only as a child, but also as an adult. Twice now. You were in Frozen mm -hmm. on Broadway until COVID hit. Yes. What was that like? Unreal. So fun. The best time. How did that happen? Um, I think people, sorry, really quickly, don't know that you sing. Because I didn't know that you sang until you sang. You know what I mean? <laughs> until I forced you to become my friend like, in Austin. <laughs> I had no idea. Me and Ellen met in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. I was there for Gwen's Bachelorette. I've told this story on the pod before, so it's crazy that you're actually here. Oh, now. okay. And I think I, I didn't was, know if people knew our backstory. That was foreshadowing. I definitely told the story. So okay. pod listeners will definitely remember when I met okay. Claire Lyons in Austin, Texas. Um, <laughs> and I sat outside of Soho House like a peasant. And we were like, you know, we had like nine martinis and spilled all the tea. And of then, course. you know, you were like, well, I left Broadway. And I was like, Broadway? It was like record scratch. I was like, wait. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I was working in Frozen on Broadway up to the pandemic. It was honestly, um, I mean, other than the click, the click was fantastic. It was the best professional experience I've ever had. Like dreams, just amazing cast, amazing crew, amazing creative team. I loved doing the show. It was such, it was such a dream come true. I mean, all I've ever wanted, the reason that I got into this business was I wanted to be on Broadway. Like that was always the dream from when I was like a baby. Wow, not even like movie star Broadway. No, and and even like movie star, the reason I like started obsessing over Broadway and movies and all of that was Barbara Streisand. So Streisand was like my reason for doing any of it. Wow. Obsessed since I was like two or three. And like Wizard of Oz and all that kind of stuff. Like I loved yeah, the movie yeah, musicals. Yeah. You're a theater girl. I'm a theater girly. Yeah. yeah, I am. And so I was obsessed with all of that. So the dream always was to just make a living being on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what part, show, I didn't care. But I loved what I was doing in Frozen. And unfortunately, yeah, March 12th and shut it down. Shut it down. Okay, so how long were you on Broadway for Frozen? I was there for like two and a half months. Okay. It was so short. Short Which lived. was so sad too. How long was your contract? I mean, I could have been there just, a, it was open-ended until... That's how contracts work. They like... Yeah, you just renew. Okay. Like, it's like, I think a six-month writer, and then you just renew it. So you were living in New York City. You're mm -hmm. performing on Broadway. Was it two performances a day? It's eight shows a week. So um, Wednesday and Saturday, two shows. Yeah. And then Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. And okay. so what were you playing? I was in the ensemble. And I was the understudy for Anna. Okay, cool. Because I was, yeah. I'm over here like, oh my God, and you were Elsa on Broadway because you look like Elsa. Yeah, a lot of people, um, that's a common mis misconception uh, because I am, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed. But yeah. the funny thing about theater is like, I didn't know this for a very long time. And especially until I was like an adult and like trying to get back into the theater thing, that height is such a factor. So like they, I think on stage, like they want it to read like older sister, younger sister. Oh. And so they want a tall Elsa and a short Anna. And oh. so I went in for Elsa actually initially for the tour. I auditioned for Elsa and I had a great audition. Like I left and I was like, that was one of the best auditions of my, I was like building my ice castle fully. I feeling the fantasy so hard. You felt ice coming out of your oh, fingers. Oh, I was, I was living Yeah. and I didn't hear anything. And I left and I was like, wait, you were like, like wait, after the a couple cold weeks, has never bothered me anyway. Fully. I was so sure. I was like, I'm going on that tour as Elsa. That was the best audition of my life. And my friend Lauren, who was in my track on Broadway as the understudy for Anna, 
I was doing her makeup for an event. Wait, sorry. What is on your track? Mean? Oh, a track is like your part in a Broadway show. Sorry. Okay. So you call it like a track. So like my ensemble track is like that person's role. Okay. So your ensemble, but like if push comes to shove, you're Anna. It's just, yes, exactly. And she's also Anna. Yes. How many Annas are there? Three. So okay. there's the one that does it every day, the standby, and then the understudy. So I was the understudy. So that means I was in the show every day in the ensemble as like a million different parts. I had like 15 costume changes and the whole thing. Did you ever have to go on as Anna? No, but I had my put in rehearsal, which is like the final dress rehearsal just to say like, okay, sign off. You're ready to go. Um, so I did have my put in rehearsal, which was so fun, which was nice, but I never got to go on because we got shut down for COVID. But anyway, my friend Lauren, who was, I replaced Lauren on Broadway. Okay. She moved up to standby and I replaced her. Drama. And I, so, no, it was like so dreamy. I was so happy that it was a friend. It was like <laughs> yeah, so yeah. nice. And she's just the greatest. She's actually on a, on the tour right now. If you guys go see, see Frozen on tour, she's playing Princess Anna and she's fantastic. But um, she was at my apartment. I think I was doing her makeup for something. And I was telling her about my Frozen audition. I was like, it went so well. I'm so confused. I feel delusional. Like, what, yeah. what, how, what did that really just happen? Have I actually understood? And she was like, you went in for Elsa? I was like, yeah. And she goes, oh, you're too short. Oh, my God. And I was like, ow. Yeah, devastation. And no, but not even. I was like, okay, well, now it makes sense. Yeah. And then the second that my track for Broadway opened up they called me in because I did well in my Elsa audition and then I was in rehearsal two weeks later it was like boom 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 wow yeah it's weird how that works that's why like I I'll never pass on an audition because even if I don't think I'm right for it yeah, or whatever you like never you know. never know what it's gonna lead to and that was a perfect example of that of me going in for something that I wasn't particularly right for that led to a job eventually yeah Mm -hmm. Being on Broadway is another thing. I'm just like, okay, I wish it's I was wild. in the Click movie. I wish I was on Broadway. Like, Broadway's that's, hard. Uh, yeah. What is that like? It's hard. My best friend is working in a Broadway show right now and his body is like broken. It's every day. It's, I mean, eight and shows you, a week is no joke. And you don't do anything else with your life during no, it? No, of course not. You can't. It's so exhausting. I but lost so much weight doing Frozen. Like I, I was like at my high school weight doing Frozen just from doing the show. Like it was that much cardio. Like it was that hard on my body. It's literally like, a Zumba class for two hours every night. And, and my finale costume weighed 65 pounds. What was it? Like a big dress? It was like a big townsperson, you know, dress that, and then we had like these fur coats and all, uh, just madness. But, and the, the, the material was like upholstery because they wanted it to look like this period costume yeah. so like this thick heavy fabric it was so heavy and like petticoats and all that stuff yeah it was wild um oh it's God. no joke but my best friend is in the britney spears musical once upon one more time if anyone wants to go Fun see it I'm, musical. I'm plugging it for him yeah. he's amazing in it he's in the ensemble but he's dancing his ass off and i mean it's like he just sleeps till like 1 p.m. He's, I mean, your body is just so tired when you're yeah. doing that kind of work. Yeah. Do you, and you guys don't go out after like. Oh, of course we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You got to come down. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. <laughs> you got to like have a drink and unwind. Wow. <laughs> but ensemble to me is kind of like the best part. Like it's, it's like, so it's an underrated best part yeah. because it's, there's not as much pressure, but yeah. you get to have as much fun. And you get to be in all the scenes and yeah. you get to have all those moments. I loved it. And I was on the Kinky Boots tour where I was a swing. And a swing is someone that covers, is off stage and covers like all the parts basically. So I covered pretty much all the women. 
So I was and is, so that's if somebody like stubs their toe or at is the, sick or, you know, calls out or has COVID or has, you know, yeah. an injury or doesn't feel well or has a personal day or whatever. Like people, I mean, you yeah. have to call out. So, yeah. um, yeah, I was the understudy for the two lead women and then three ensemble women in kinky boots. And I loved doing my ensemble tracks like yeah. equally as much as the lead stuff. Yeah. It's, it was so fun. And you get to like shoot the shit with your other castmates, like in the background. <laughs> And how do, you, how do you get to memorize all those parts? It was that's, so hard. That's my thing. I'm like, I know. How, how do you remember if like, you know, she's out tonight and like you just went on for her last night and now you're like, wait, who am I? It's crazy. And some people are really, really just like their brains are wired for that. My friend Michael, I, I have a few friends like that that are like. They're just able to. Like my friend Alex, who was a swing with us, uh, with me on Kinky Boots. Um covered 12 parts, 12 parts in Kingy Boots, 12 different men, and is now covering like 12 to 14 men on the Hamilton tour. Like crazy. Some people are just made for it. And I don't think I'm one of them. That job was extremely difficult for me. When you get that many tracks, do you get paid more because you're doing all the parts? It's it's a little bit more of a cute check, yeah. Okay. Than just like being in the ensemble. Okay. Yeah. It's an it's and then you get a bump when you go on for a lead. Okay. You get like a and a I was about to say leads get like the most. Yeah. Okay. So like when you're clapping at the end of a Broadway show, the people that come out last are getting paid the most. Of course. Okay. They're the stars. Yeah, no, of course. You just never the know. Stores. I just you know, you hear a lot of things. Things and uh, <laughs> if there was a if there was a Broadway show coming uh-huh. to town, any Broadway show, and you could go up for it, what show would you kill to be in? Like, are we talking like Alphaba? Rent. Okay, Rent. I would love to be in Rent. You want to be the girl that I want to be about the candle? Yes. Yeah. No, I oh. want to be Maureen. Oh, okay. I would die to play Maureen in Rent. Um, there's a few. Also, uh, the last five years. Okay. I would love to do. Those are like my top two of the moment but then there's so many others that like i just kind of have to wait and like age into like mrs lovett and sweeney todd is like a total dream uh mama rose and gypsy is a total dream oh so you're not afraid of getting older you're like ready to play some parts i think it's honestly what i was meant to be like a like a broad (laughs) you know what i mean and you still think that broadway is like so much better than the movies um i (sighs) Broadway, I'm I'm having a difficult relationship with Broadway at the moment. Okay. Yeah, which I'm open to talk about because I think it needs to be talked about. I'm very much in a, I don't know, it's just sad to me to see like good movies turned into bad musicals. Yeah. Like that's kind of the entire landscape. Yeah. Um, for example, just like ones that have happened over the past couple of years, Groundhog Day, the musical, Rocky, the musical, Back to the Future, the musical, Pretty Woman, the musical. That is, I forgot about all of those. It's it's not great. Um, I don't love that. And even like mean Bad Girl, Cinderella. Bad Cinderella. <laughs> what was up with that? Mean Girls I was like, I mean, honestly, the last musical that I saw that has music that I would actively play was Legally Blonde. Fabulous. But that's a great adaptation. Like, yeah. that's, that's a good movie oh turned into God. a good oh musical. God, like, that's, a, that's an exception. And that was one of the early ones. So are you kind of, you want them to be writing new musicals? Yeah, like, of course. Like, I, I think it's exciting to see things like Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, Six. Come From Away. Hamilton. Oh, my God. Come From Amazing. Away was brilliant. Yeah, oh my God. brilliant. Um, Kimberly Akimbo, which just won Best Musical, um, is an original musical, which was great. Yeah, it's exciting to see original musicals. And it doesn't even have to be, like, totally original. Like, 
everything's kind of adapted. Like rent's adapted from Lobo M, technically. You know what I mean? Like not everything has to be just like a completely original idea, but just this this phase that we're in of either turning a great movie into a mediocre musical. Mm-hmm. Tootsie was another one. Bad. <laughs> like really bad. Bad. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Um, and also just having catalogs of recording artists and like biopic musicals, like the Neil Diamond thing is on Broadway right now. And the Carol King musical was excellent. Um, Into Proud was excellent, but there's, yeah, it just kind of feels a little like Las Vegas to me. Interesting. It's, it's giving circuit like Patti Lapone. I love an interview that she gave talking about the state of Broadway right now because she gave up her equity card which is our union. And she's like, I'm done with that circus (laughs) is what she said. I'm giving back my equity card, which honestly, T I've got like, I understand where she's coming from. It's a very frustrating time to be in theater. And she said, it feels like a circus and Las Vegas. That's incredible. And And honestly, I I kind of agree. The corn musical. Did you see that? I didn't, but that's an original show that people are loving. Yeah. And so I should, I have, I have friends in it, so I should go see that very soon, but I heard it's super, super fun. I mean, the click could be a click Broadway show. What's crazy is all of us sing too. That's what's wild. Like Elizabeth, who played Massey, has an amazing voice. No way. Oh, she's like an ama- She's a beautiful singer. I'm surprised yeah. you weren't on the soundtrack for that. I yeah. <laughs> Me too, Harry. <laughs> the pretty committee is here again. We and but was the funny thing about the soundtrack too is that we kind of inspired it like we the director was like make me a playlist of like the kind of music so it was like tons of like hannah montana and like all that kind of stuff and there was a song from the bratz movie that the click girls sang called alter ego and it was our jam we were obsessed with that song the click girls the the group the singing group the click girls with a z with a z okay i remember what you're talking about i remember they had a song on the bratz soundtrack yes that we were so obsessed with yeah and so we played it for our director. It's called Alter Ego. What was that? It's lit. Those girls could sing. Okay. It's good. I'm like, I need to flag and that. And so then they had them do the theme song for the movie. Okay. That's why Click Girls. Yes. Got, okay. Yeah. But we were like, you should have them. And they're just named. There happened to be it was like the a Click Girls. Yeah. yeah. For a minute, I was like, the Click Girls, like, wow, they're out here singing the <laughs> theme song for the Bratz movie. No, totally. Um, wow. So do you think there's going to be a Click reboot happening anytime soon? I would love nothing more. Okay. We have all discussed it. Okay. So this is something I've talked to all the other girls about it. We're still in touch. We all still get along. We text and all of that. Um, it's so funny to like be adults now, you know, and like we, and we all just kind of reconnected over the past couple of years. Like it hasn't always been, you know, people went to college and are getting married and we're all in like kind of different places. So in the past couple of years, we've reconnected with all of this online stuff and it's been so fun. Um, so we've all talked about it. I've spoken to the author of the original series about it. Um, there's talk. There's talk, you guys. There's talk. I can't reveal too much, but there's talk. There is talk. Wow. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Okay. Well, that just made my entire day. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. We would all, we're all up for it. That's okay. all you need to know. Okay, like, cool. The girlies are on board. We're you ready heard it to go. Here first. Yes, you heard it here first. Well, the Barbie movie just came out, and I know that you have thoughts about it. Uh-huh. And I haven't really talked about it on the pod, but I saw it, and I um, I feel like there's a general sentiment of, oh, I liked it. 
Like everybody's like, oh, I liked it. Nobody's really like, oh my God, I loved it. It was the best thing ever. But mm -hmm. I think, um, tell me how you, uh, tell me how you felt about it. How did you feel about well, it? Well, so here's my thing. I okay. have a lot of thoughts about it. Okay. To me, the Barbie movie, and I'm so lucky to be sitting on a couch, sitting here talking to you, a real life Barbie Stop. about it. But first of all, I didn't really know who it was supposed to be for. And I think now I'm kind of like, all right, it's for us in our 20s or like in our teens and 20s. Right, like it's right. for every it's for everybody. It's yes. rated PG-13, which I didn't know until afterwards. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, why are they going back to Barbie land so quickly? Like mm. I thought it was going to take place in the real world. I thought we were getting like a life size kind of vibe. And my biggest gripe with the movie is it turned into this weird Barbie versus Ken. And yeah. I thought it should have been Barbie and Ken versus the world or versus Mattel or versus something. But it was this weird like infight where strange. like, I, I was just like, why did we need Ken to do that? And or like, have Ken just be, or it be all about Barbie and Ken's what literally is, just merely Ken. an accessory. Yeah. yeah exactly. It didn't need to be about Ken at all. Like it, we could have right. just, she could have left him in Barbie land mm -hmm. and then went to the real world. And also the old woman thing, Ruth, the creator, mm -hmm. the stuff with her, could have hit so much harder if there was a reason for her to be there. Like her right. leaving Mattel right. and then randomly going into her weird like ghost house and like sitting there at the kitchen. I was like, this is too weird. And it like, was strange. Barbie's trying to get out and I can't focus on like this tender moment. Right. She should have. I me, love that woman though. Matilda. Me too. Me too. Great. Yeah. I love What's her name? I'm th I keep thinking about it and I'm like, the old woman, Ruth, the creator mm -hmm. of Barbie, should have existed in the between Barbie land and the real world as like a toll booth. Hmm. And like, she should have been like on her way. I have chills. On her way where she's like going through all the worlds, like winter, summer, right, whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden she stops in that weird like non dimension limbo yeah and that's where ruth is like are you sure you want to go to the real world <laughs> da, 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 da. and then it's like we have stakes right now it's like tender moment and we have stakes now mm -hmm. if she goes into the real world who knows what could happen and sure. she, and ruth goes if you want to be or go if you must and then barbie walks out into venice beach and then we get all right. of those moments right right and instead they just go into the real world and pull some random people back into Barbie land and then have this weird like infighting. And I'm like, yes, I found these. So I'll start with the positives. I thought Ryan Gosling was so amazing. Like, yeah, he was great. I, I think he'll be nominated for an Oscar. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I, I think, thought he was so fantastic. Yeah. That that was a huge pause. Like I'd watch the movie again just for that performance. Yeah. It was so nuanced and so just brilliant and funny. Sexy. And 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 fu like funny like yeah. I, i'm like why does he not do more comedy like yeah. he's so funny um so i loved that i thought that the set direction everything art direction was beautiful it looked great looked amazing loved the costumes the costumes were amazing like her they weren't afraid of chanel neck. yeah that chanel necklace was like distracting though no but it was so cute it was so cute but it was like i'm not even listening to the scene i'm yeah, just I looking know. at that Bobble. necklace yeah, yeah. I loved Margot Robbie. I liked most of the cast, honestly. Like, I, everyone was great. Um, it was a little too star-studded for me to the point where, like, it felt a little distracting. Okay, interesting. Like... Like one of the... Like, like Will Ferrell and Kate McKinnon and Michael Sarah And, like, it was just, like... You were like, whoa, star and after, Dua star, Lipa. after star And after star. Yeah, it was just... It was nonstop. Yeah. So that was definitely, like... Oh, my God. I was a little overwhelmed by that. 
the thing that I didn't love about it that I think is kind of a general consensus is just like we've lost the plot. What is the plot? Well, yeah, there I, was no. I left being like confused. Yeah, because and I didn't know what the trajectory was. Like, it wasn't established in the beginning of like this is what's happening, this is why this is happening, and now we have to find our way out of it. Like, there back were to no the future, stakes. The, right? Like, Back to the Future is a great, perfect movie, but it's a great example of like at the beginning. All this goes wrong. Marty gets stuck in 1955. He has to get his parents back together and get back to the future. Yeah. And like, there's a clear trajectory that like you take that audience on the ride and they get off safely at the end yeah. and everyone's happy. Yeah. I didn't feel that way about Barbie at all. I was so confused. Mm -hmm. And when they're all standing around in Barbie land and it's like the Mattel CEO and America Ferrera yeah. and Barbie and Ken and nobody is together and nobody yeah. is like it didn't seem like anybody's unified. And then of course, Barbie ends up in the real world and she goes to the gynecologist. And I was just like, is that as that a gay weird. guy? I was just like, that just went over my head. I was like, wait, what is the and joke? Also, here? Kind of like unfunny. And the approach that I was hoping that they would take that they didn't was I thought that a perfect template for them to have followed would have been like the elf script absolutely no that's what i'm saying yeah. you go into the real world yes you fumble around you find out what really matters and then you make it you but make your way back home 20 minutes of elf like yeah it's established that he's in the north pole and you yeah. see all that's fun stuff too like i thought that it was going to be like that yeah so like the first 20 minutes uh-huh would be barbie land and then she would go into the real world and that's where like big feelings happen and problems are solved and there's conflict and there just wasn't any of that. The script was just kind of all over the place for me. Like I didn't know what was happening when they went back to Barbie land. I was like, no, stop, stay in the real world yeah. and like figure it out. And it's hard because I, it's, I'm hesitant to even like speak critically about it because I keep seeing online, like when people do speak critically about it, <laughs> People are like, you just don't understand the feminism. I'm like, no, I understand what the message was, but I, I'm allowed to be critical of something that I felt like didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, it also just didn't like if I asked anybody right now on the street, like, what did you come away with from Barbie? Yeah. People would be like, um, that Barbie is anything you want it to be. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool. Well, it's like, wait, what is it? And again, with the old woman <laughs> stuff, like that could have been such a really right. tender thing. And then yeah. when they end up in the ether at the end, I know. I was like, wait, I want this to be right. so good so badly. But like, what are they talking about? And why does she keep talking about evading her taxes? Was that something that she did? The script was weird. I'm telling you, like, I was like, but I, I said to my brother um, that night when we saw it, I was like, I can see like reading it on the page and it like being really funny and coming across mm -hmm. differently. Like I can see the words on the page and it and it kind of reading differently. It didn't land for me. And it was and, and also I wasn't a fan of it visually, like just like cinema from a like photography standpoint, I was not gagged and bound for what was happening like one of her references is um peewee's big adventure greta uh -huh. gerwig have you ever seen that movie rest in peace i've by never the way. seen he it just died yeah r.i.p um it's one of my favorite movies it's it's tim burton's debut film okay his literally first time directing wow that's very like bright and cheery i wouldn't it's, have suspected it it's interesting and it was also danny elfman's first score that he ever wrote who okay. did of course like so many amazing things he wrote the theme for desperate housewives and like all that kind of stuff what is it about peewee's big adventure his so again he, it's a great clear trajectory he's like this child man child basically character and he has this shiny beautiful red bicycle that gets stolen 
because his like neighbor, you know, highly covets this bicycle. And so he steals it from him. And so he's on this mission to get his bike back. Mm -hmm. And so he goes all over the country he like a psychic tells him to go to the basement of the Alamo okay. in Texas. So he like goes to the Alamo <laughs> looking for his bike. Like no it's all this fun, campy chaos for mm -hmm. sure. And, and what I was getting at was that visually Pee Wee's Big Adventure is very, I mean, it's exciting. It like feels like a big fancy film. Like I love so many things that are done visually in that movie that like I would have liked to see a little bit more in Barbie. Yeah. So the I had some notes, but overall, I know overall it's like, Oh, and, I liked it. And, and it, it is got the, me back in the theater. It is at the, end the, of the movie day. of the summer and yeah. seeing everybody in pink, like made my entire day, totally. but I really do be pacing around my kitchen coming up with different ways <laughs> that Barbie could have gone. Like what if <laughs> really she goes into the real world and it's kind of like one of those witch movies where she goes up to random people and she's like, you know that you're a Barbie. And the and the person is like, I'm a Barbie. And then they like all come together and there's some big thing and then they go back and so the many ways woman is the gone. toll booth and they go back into Barbie land and whatever. What concerns me though now too is that, have you heard Mattel is like rolling out like 10 more movies well, so, or something? Yes. And this brings us to American Girl because okay. they Mattel is like Polly Pocket with Lena Dunham and Lily Collins. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, to me in my head, we're getting the exact, like, are we not just going to get a Polly Pocket in the same vein as Greta Gerwig's Barbie? I wonder. I wonder too. Like, is everything going to be rubber? Are or... you a girl's girl? Like, did you watch Girls? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, no. I like, I want Lena Dunham to be back in the writer's no, room. No, I love Lena Dunham. I do too. Yeah, I really do. I, Girls I think was iconic. Girls is brilliant. Yeah. I'm like rewatching it recently. And the only people that don't like Girls are the people that haven't seen it. I to, that's like agree. everybody that's seen girls is like oh yeah duh it's, it's the best it's so funny yeah it's so good and Hilarious. i love that such a well cast show too like yeah. tons of theater actors like i Perfect. love yeah i love it it's like new york but with, real. with american girl uh -huh. i'm like i this is i'm like i needed to be taught in the click movie i need to be in the american girl movie <gasps> in they, some they're way they're doing an american girl movie well apparently like a feature a, Apparently they're doing like a feature on all these things. Like they're doing a magic eight ball movie. That's going to be like a PG 13 thriller. Uh -huh. They're the American girl is on the list about um, how American girls like help girls like learn and stuff. And I'm just like, well, talk about something that taught me everything. The American girl book, the Karen keeping of you, the Karen keeping of you. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, you, I mean, I remember being in middle school and I would go to my friend's house and she had the book and we would all crowd around the page, the page, the tampon page, the boob page. Oh, the boob page. <laughs> I could care less about a tampon, but like the boob <laughs> page had all the different, like it had like the life cycle of boobs. It's so wild. Was it the life cycle of boobs it or was, was it all the shapes? different shapes? Okay. Like your bell shapes, yeah. your this, like, oh my gosh, that book taught me everything yeah. about what it is to be a woman. Yeah. That, and there's another great book called How to Walk in High Heels. That's like the grown-up version From of the American Karen Girl. Keeping. No, no, no. Oh, okay. But it's, like, it's another. It's, it's a guide that like I think on often. Okay. Um, but the Karen Keeping View did confirm teach me how to insert a tampon and also taught me about the differences of deodorant and bras. Amazing. And you had an American Girl. I was a Kit girl. Kit, of, of course. course. Yeah. Blondie, and I had a bob like my whole childhood. So. So cute. Yeah, did I you have the girl. outfit that looked like hers? No. Okay, you weren't that like. Did you play with dolls? I did. So I, I mean, I did and I didn't. I was a Polly Pocket girl like that okay. I would play with. I wasn't really a Barbie girl. I was okay. all about like the rubber clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was so fun. Did you ever chew on them? No. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know why people chew on them. I really want to Did get you to chew the... on them? No, I didn't. I didn't really have Polly Pocket. My friends did. You right. know what I had? I had Groovy Girls. Do you remember Groovy Girls? Yes. With the big feet? With the big feet. And they yes. were like made of like, they were like stuffed animals. Yes. And, but they were girls. Yes. Yeah. I, had, I remember that. I had one that was as tall as me. Uh-huh. Oh my that God. you could strap onto your feet and walk around and be the groovy girl. And I was like, do do do. Yeah. I was really like, <laughs> I was with it. I would never mix was the dolls either. Was your mom like, what is happening? No, she was, she was like, she was providing all the groovy girls. She endorsed it all. Yeah. No, I had. She loved it. Yeah. I would never <laughs> mix. I would never put like a groovy girl in like Kit's bed or whatever. Well, like never. You can't cross contaminate the worlds. Yeah. No. Of the dolls. See, and that when, when Mattel says that they're making like a Mattel cinematic universe, mm -hmm. I'm like, so now I'm thinking it's like, could my magnum opus be the movie where like the little girl, oh my God, I have chills again, pushes over her toy box and all the dolls like end up together. So you have an American girl doll. Okay. Somebody's going to like steal this and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Um, yeah. No one steal but, that. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be. Toy Story vibes. If, if you're going to put me, put me on. If yeah. you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, that's like Toy Story, like how all the like dolls from the different worlds are kind of like intermediate, like the yes. Mr. Potato Head, and like yeah, and that, that to me is like the you dinosaur. can't mess that up. It's I like know. mac and cheese. It's, it's like so you just, good. it's like that's perfect. So good. No, I did play with dolls. I was a Polly Pocket girl, and I I collected Madame Alexander dolls. Are you familiar? I'm familiar because Emma Roberts can can. <laughs> I'm I'm familiar because <laughs> Emma Roberts also collects Madame Alexandra Stop. dolls. Yeah. I feel like I'm the only one. Like, no, she's a doll freak and she'll randomly post on her stories like playing with Madame Alexander dolls. Okay, so my like humble brag is that I have the entire Wizard of Oz collection of Madame Alexander dolls. So I have like the Scarecrow, Dorothy, Tin Man, Lion, Wicked Witch, Good Witch, Flying Monkey, Munchkin. I have them all. I have the whole Wizard and of Oz. Now collection. we know what you did with your click royalty check. Wait, so <laughs> do you put them do you put them on the shelf or what? No, so I don't I, they're you like put, they're in, in storage. Boxes. Yeah, yeah they're in boxes. I, yeah, I don't I have them out, but I was like, what if I have a daughter one day? Of like course. I, I want to keep yeah, them. Yeah. So they're like at my aunt's house in a closet. Um no, so they were all I had a built-in bookcase like in my childhood bedroom and nice. they were all because they have little stands. Yeah. And so they're they a collector. All, they're not like you don't play with them. You don't play with them. Yeah. But I was obsessed with like the clothes. Yeah. The attention to detail is amazing. And yeah. so every time we would visit New York when I was a child, I would get a new one at FAO Schwartz. FAO Schwartz. Man. I would get a new Madame Alexander to add to my collection. Okay. So but they're cute. I love I feel akin with your like you're a, you're a theater girl. I'm a theater gay. Yes. You've got the dolls that like you understand the preciousness of. Yes, of course. Yeah, I love that. What's your favorite musical? I mean, I mean, I would probably have to do, I mean, Wicked is like such an easy it's one. So red. Lion King. Oh, the really? music in Lion King is it's incredible. Yeah. Um, again, that was like one of the first ones that I saw. Oh, so yeah. like it really just like got me. Yeah. Um, I used to replay it on my CD player. Um, I really like Hamilton too. Favorite musical? I don't know. Did you ever see Almost Maine? No. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, okay. It's a it's like a vignette, like vignettes, like high schools oh. do it because there's a bunch of opportunities to cast did people. Did you do it in high school? I did it in high school and I played this guy named Lendl. And Love basically it. all of these plays like are set in Maine, this place called Almost Maine. That's like uh -huh. a fake town. Right, right. And it's just little like vignettes of people like in love or like roommates or whatever. And I had to kiss this girl that I didn't like. And we would literally like bicker backstage. And we'd in be high like, school they made you do a, a stage kiss? Um, that's wild 
Yeah, I I mean, I did my my first kiss was a stage kiss in eighth grade. Love it. And I was mortified, obviously. And I remember okay. it to this day. Danielle yeah. Newmark. We saw each other at Avenue. Do you remember that club? Oh my Avenue God. in I, New York. I'm not a club girl. Okay. I, I, again, I was, yeah. I think I was meant to be like a 60 year old woman. Okay. Love. I'm kind of, yeah. I love, a, that you, I love that you're a self-identified broad because I don't think I've met anybody my age that would want to be like, I'm a broad. Well, I kind of just like live the lifestyle of a 55 year old divorcee. <laughs> like truly. You do. And yeah. you, you know, if you guys want to see Ellen's life as a 55 year old divorcee, Instagram is a great place to start. TikTok is also a great place. And like, what's your handle? Ellen Marlowe on Instagram, just my name, and on TikTok, Ellen underscore Marlowe. But yeah, I live that coastal grand lifestyle. I want to feel like Diane Keaton. Absolutely. I and like want to live inside a Nancy Myers movie. You're doing a great job. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I so that's the thing. I'm not really I'm not going to the clubs. Like if I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars on drinks, like I'd rather go to the Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Nancy, we should do that. I I'm going tomorrow. Oh, amazing! I'm coming. <laughs> Ellen, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. Like, we truly could sit here for hours. No, and I just know. Keep Gavin. Um, my producer just gave us the gave us the to. So we've got to <laughs> we've got to wrap it up. But thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. It's truly like surreal because I'm a huge Harry Tales fan. And I listen all the time. I'm a huge Click fan, so I will stay tuned Kismet. for whatever is happening over there in the Click world. We'll see. Stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening to Harry Tales, all 55 episodes to be exact. We are going on summer break, so this concludes season one of Harry Tales. Have a beautiful rest of your summer. (laughs) 